Hello and welcome to our very first edition of Guernsey Gigs podcast. With me today is Elliot Marius and our special guest, G-Dog. Thank you very much. Yes, it's good to be here. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Welcome. This is, um, so this is our very first edition. We're in my living room with three mics. Three mics and three different kinds of beer. Yeah. And some pizza. And to Peter, we've got some Strongbow going, some John Smiths, some Punk IPA for the sophisticated Elliot over there. Oh, you know. Because some people just some can't Some people have to have trash. the finest. <laughs> <laughs> so posh. I think it's going really well so far, by the way, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, I think the great. best conversation we've had was the bit before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> should we just have that conversation again? Yeah, we should, really. I've got to say, there is the biggest violin in the corner of the room that I've ever seen. It's got four strings. It's it's the size of Greg. <laughs> Greg is only two foot five, but it it's is huge. a two-man instrument, for yeah. sure. It's three if you use a bow. Someone, nice. Someone's just the chin. Another person <laughs> is, the, is the hand, and then... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a double bass if you haven't guessed. Oh, it's a double bass. Okay, yeah. I don't understand that. <laughs> a double bass. <laughs> Good. Well, it's it's nice to be here. We've just been talking about some of the things that you're going to be talking about in this podcast idea. Yeah. Um, which is good. I like this. So, what is this podcast about then, guys? Well, <laughs> that is the, the question. I, I think the, the general idea is to, to sort of get to the sort of next level of rather than just plugging albums and stuff and talking to uh, like local musicians and right, see you later. plugging gigs and things. <laughs> <laughs> you can't repeat the same joke twice. It just doesn't count. <laughs> you can't, you can't that do the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, rather than just like uh, um, just talking about your gigs and talking about like the next album and stuff like that, we want to try and get musicians in it and talk about what they actually do and get to know them a little bit better mm. and get to like the sort of next level of conversation so it's not just sort of plugging things it's a bit more um sort of conversational and we get to know everyone a bit better and see what their personalities are like off the stage and not just mm. sort of um it's it's a trial it's it's sort of an experiment that people can enjoy with us as well because the more this develops then it will probably change very quickly. We're at the stage where it doesn't can... feel like a trial. <laughs> I mean, you are wearing a judge's wig, which is a bit odd. And I'm in this kind of dock thing. Yeah, it's weird so, that you came in your underpants, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> I, but that's what the invite I'm so said. glad we didn't rig up the cameras for this first yeah. one. God. Anyway. Yeah. Like, I, I, there's different ideas. I think it's all about trying. And there's a lot of podcasts that out there where you... The guy's got a really good idea. They're just doing it and they go straight into it. We've kind of got a good idea, but we're not sure where it's going. So it's mm. going to be fun to sort of develop it and see how, how it sort of progresses. Yeah, and it'd be nice to just see different what... inputs from different artists as they come in. And, yeah, I think and, as different people sure. come in, they'll, have, they'll, they'll bring their own thing to the podcast and we'll sort of draw a little bit out of them and, and talk to them about what their thoughts and feelings are about the local music scene and about like... What, what they do for money and, and how they fund their hobby or whether it's uh, like th that's their career and if they make money from music or if it's, you know, uh, if they're a function band, they can, you know, make money from their, from doing that to fund their, to, you know, yeah. own band or whatever. Because we've talked about this before with, with you as well, Graham, how um, we've got this scene over here in Guernsey, which is, mm. which is incredible. Like for such a small island to have this many good bands everyone is in a band if yeah. not one then yeah. two or three 
And you were saying something that was really interesting the other day when we were at um, Elliot's birthday party, and it was how you... One of the reasons you think there's so many people in, in bands is that people have a lot more time over here than most. The commute is just... It's non-existent for, for most people compared with um, with my buddies in UK yeah. or, or even in France. Basically, people have to travel a lot further once they've finished their day job or they're yeah, studying definitely. or whatever they're doing for them then to go and meet with whoever they're practising with if it's a band. And that can be an hour, an hour and a half yeah. travel time. Mm. And then you're setting up, and then you're then you're maybe having a bit of a chat. So it could be like two hours before you actually play the first note. Yeah, definitely. Or hit the first beat. In Guernsey, we can be finished at say five o'clock, and we can be at our instrument by quarter past or something like yeah. that. So yeah, you know, yeah, and that's true. that's amazingly quick. And I don't mm. think that's just particular for music. I think you broaden that out to all the arts, all the all the creative kind of mediums out there, and also sport and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Guernsey's got a really vibrant, vibrant kind of sport <clears throat> scene, apparently. Not that yeah. I... Um, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what sport uh, is, actually. Yeah. I think. Apparently. We've oh, had this conversation yeah, before, we haven't we? Yeah. We thought about Elliot sports. came on, on, uh, on one of our little jaunts um, to UK, didn't you? And mm. um, everyone else went out for a cigarette, and me and Elliot were the... The lone ones. The non-smokers. <laughs> the non-smokers. Sat at the pub by ourselves. <laughs> so we had to come up with a conversation. We came up with it pretty quickly, the fact that we don't understand sport. Yeah. We thought that it, sport people play all the sports. So we thought, <laughs> yeah. we thought that all those people you see playing football are also the same people you see playing tennis, yeah. golf. Mm. Yeah. And, and the thing with the ball, if you, can, yeah. if you can... <laughs> If you can you're hit a ball, a ball you're basically master. a sport person, right? You can yeah. you just yeah. hit any kind of ball. And the, the real skill comes in, in badminton, where the, they've put a ball with a sort of a wing thing on it. So oh, right, like a shuttlecock. Yeah. Shuttlecock. What a yeah. weird yeah. word as well, I mean. Yeah, shuttlecock. Who was that? Let's, just, let's all just play with that word, just, shall we? Just <laughs> get in a room and throw your cocks about. <laughs> Shuttling them. Mm. Nice. Anyway, so, yeah, back so, to music. Yeah. Well, when the guys came back in from their cigars and brandy, they <laughs> told us that actually, no, there are different people who play different sports. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you Which know, good. different people play different instruments. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. yeah. Not, all, not all guitars are guitars. Some of them are basses. Although yeah. actually there are some selfish musicians out there who play all the instruments, aren't they, Greg? <clears throat> some people. Mm. But... <laughs> yeah, this is this is going back. It's almost to like that that call or not. I mean, are all bassists just failed guitarists? Oh, or... oh, come on! <laughs> Ouch! Oh. <laughs> on the, on the, the first podcast, put the knife down. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good that's a really good sound effect. It wasn't actually a sound them. effect. Yeah. You actually I just brandished <laughs> a very big chopper. <laughs> For those who might not get some of these jokes, Elliot Marius is. The bass player in the band called Brunt. Yes. And Graham is the drummer in Tantal. Mm -hmm. Do I pronounce that right? I that was exactly right. Because, it, because it's a French word. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. But yeah. Some people say, no, it's Tantale. Well, that's because they're, they're English type people. Right. And they say Tantale. Yeah, but and Greg, it's spelled Greg's Tantale. French, I mean, if you look sorry. at it. I, I, yeah, I Greg think knows it's like that. Greg knows the French. I know the French, yeah. yeah. Greg, Greg knows the French. Yeah. yeah. I know all of the French. 
So, so you all of the French people. That's what people say. Oh, you speak French. You must know. Oh, my <laughs> auntie <laughs> lives in France. You must know her. It's, it's like. It's but like, then again, everybody knows her. It's like Guernsey people <laughs> leaving the island. Every time you go somewhere, you're like, oh, you're from Guernsey. You must know so and so. Don't be stupid. Of course. No. Oh yeah, no, I do know him. That's so sad. Uh, something else that we were talking about earlier when I was trying to find your flat, Greg, for this for this uh, podcast, um, I phoned and I was talking to Elliot on the phone trying to find out your back door, your back passage. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I realised that Elliot sound just like you, Greg. Or, Greg, you're starting to sound like Elliot. And just I know like that, that <laughs> Guernsey gigs, you guys, over the last year, have been working pretty closely together. Yeah. And it struck me, and we were talking about this earlier, weren't we, how... Your voices are kind of uh, becoming quite similar. It's probably not a good idea for a podcast, and if we both sound <laughs> the same, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll gradually merge. And by the end of this we'll just session, we're all going to have the same. No one's going to know who is who. <laughs> but I, th- I think, and, and we were talking about this idea that that maybe people tune in. So musicians are generally what they do is they tune into each other, don't they? They, they tune yeah. into the way that they play. And actually, maybe if you're hanging out with somebody a lot, you'd start tuning into their patterns of their speech and their, their timbre and their uh, the intonation and things mm. like this. Yeah. I just wonder if that's a thing. What do you think, listener? If you phone in on 07777... Then with your answers... It's only £2 a minute. Yeah. No, you can email us if you go to our website. We've got loads of uh, contact forms. You can just fill out one of the contact forms and yeah. let us know what you think. And we probably might read it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. well, you'll, I'm sure you'll definitely read it. because Yeah, we, we'll, we'll read it. We might not talk about it ever on the show. So It's the only time, <laughs> it's the only time when musicians actually want feedback. Yeah. <laughs> well, we need some you. sort of like bell for really awful jokes. <laughs> sort of That's got to be definitely on there. Like, Ping! <laughs> Can I just? I'll just flick this. Thing. Oh, that, oh, that was yeah, yeah. That was, pretty that was a fail. That one. Oh, that's nice. No, and yours? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's together, like two, three, and you can tell the bassist out of time now. <laughs> as usual, as per. <laughs> hey guys, can I talk about something serious? Yes, yes. yes. Okay, I want to talk about a project that I, I put up on Facebook recently. It's called, uh, well, the working title is Disc of Grace. And it's going to be an album, and it's going to be released the week of World Mental Health Day, which is on the 10th of October 2018. And it's a call out to all singer-songwriters or bands to donate a song on the theme of positive mental health or any song that kind of lyrics describe stigma or struggling with mental health. So... As so, you probably cool both know, my yeah. day job is working in adult mental health. And mm. so a colleague of mine, George, who's a nurse on one of the older adult wards, came to me a couple of weeks ago and said that he had this idea following a, a recent uh, Guernsey Mind survey in the bailiwick of Guernsey uh, that demonstrated that a lot of people, yes, you lot, um, hold a very <laughs> negative stigma about mental health issues. Um and in our day and age, that's kind of a surprising thing. Really. I, I think mm. it's, it's interesting, though, because it is becoming more and more sort of normalised. I don't know if yeah, that's true exactly. or not, but it, it uh, is becoming... Absolutely. Do you find like, it with the younger generation that 
with seems to be a lot more, more accepting. I think a lot, a lot more of people are sort of a lot more aware of the differences between other people. You are absolutely coming right. a lot You're more absolutely, to the forefront, so great. much better really than good. like where it was. Yeah, in fact, absolutely. when George first came to me, I kind of scratched my head and thought, well, actually. You know, it's not that bad. No, it's, actually, it's, it's, it's getting a lot better. But do no, I have to do anything about it? Really? Oh no! Yeah. But yeah, but no, no, but, but you're absolutely great. right. I mean, no, if, you, no, if you take it back to Victorian times, where they're oh, building yeah. hospitals on the outskirts of cities and towns up on the hills, mm. these big austere Victorian hospitals where all the people with mental illness, learning disabilities, mm. people who were illiterate people with autism, people who couldn't spell their name. People with dyslexia people, and me. People with <laughs> yeah. bass players. Bass players. Oh, yeah. Loads oh, of bass oh, players. This is not going to be a podcast about shitting on bass players. <laughs> but basically all those people were sort of ostracised and put out of society and yeah. locked lot behind closed doors. And, that's, mm. and the whole village idiot kind of idea, that was, you know, that's a good thing to have a village idiot idiot we've got a few in Guernsey and <laughs> and they're celebrated some yeah. of them are even in politics but they should be celebrated and yeah. brought into the community and, yeah. and uh, the village idiot should be part of what the village is um, but people were segregated people were put away mm. and I think that's where the stigma Started from yeah, brushing people under the carpet. Yeah, totally. And you see it in workplaces of yeah. people that are uh, 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 a bit odd in some ways, or they're depressed, or they're anxious. They people don't know how to talk to them. They don't know how to yeah. react yeah. to them and things like this. So people get a bit marginalised. So this idea, this this working title of a disc of grace, it's it's a cheesy name. It, when I I googled the word stigma, one of the words associated was disgrace. Uh, you see what I did there? Uh, oh, very nice, that that's yeah. the artistic talent yeah. pouring out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you write the lyrics for Tantel? <laughs> <laughs> I write the lyrics. I did the theme tune, yeah. and the artworks, yeah, everything. But do you um, find that it's it's really nice the idea of, of bringing the musicians together? I think that in music, that mm. it's so present. There's, we know a lot of bands. I can think of the, the sort of. Or a lot of musicians out there who've struggled with mental health, and it, mm. it's kind of been Absolutely. their way of, of, of it's, it's, an it's been a release yeah, yeah. to yeah, be able to play it. music, and I, I think that's really important. And um, is this all local bands trying to bring together, or do, do you have to write a track for it? Or yeah, you don't have to do anything at all. People can just sit by the uh, sidelines and kind of watch it. But it's it's predominantly, I'd say, for the Bailwicks musicians. Um, Interestingly, the out of the 14, oh, 15, as of half an hour ago, uh, people that responded to it, uh, probably 11 of those people I've never heard of being on, on the music scene at all. That's, yeah, great. that's so really Absolutely. Yeah, so they're yeah. like bedroom musicians, people yeah. that maybe they're out there, but they're just not very high, high that's profile. That's totally what the jam nights are all about as well, you know, getting all the sort of bedroom musicians out and doing something that... You know, interacting with musicians that probably gig all the time and getting them on stage. And I think that's what we tried as well. I think that, as we were saying before, the sort of mental health issue and, and being a musician and everything. There's a sort of there's a lot of similarities there and, mm. and things. And when we decided to do the jam nights, we were looking for a charity, and I think the most fitting one was definitely mine. It's oh, that idea of mind, yeah. bringing yeah. people out and bring them together to sort of play and engage together yeah. and and enjoy themselves and, and get in. And even if you're not playing any music, just being part of that scene and talking to people and being making it more social than 
um, than just a gig where you turn up with your friends, yeah. you watch yeah, it and leave. Exactly. Sort of interaction is such a big thing, and I think that building up people's people confidence would... as well to get on stage is a really big thing. A lot of people yeah. are probably a, a massively talented and sat at home and too scared to get on stage. So you're talking about the unplugged nights, aren't you? Uh, no, this no, is the, the jam nights. The, the jam nights. Oh, the jam nights. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a way to get people. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but a similar thing with the unplugged nights as well. Yeah. Getting people to the thing I liked about the the what. Guernsey gigs have done with with the jam nights is you've made the environment really soft and lounge like. Yeah. So because I think it's really nerve wracking for yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. if you're a bedroom musician and you're that's why we try to make it look like a bedroom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it works. Yeah, seriously, yeah. Like, that, that's, yeah. that was the part, half the point. We don't have a big lighting rig up there. We don't mm-hmm. have like smoke machines and all that shit. It's just it's it's bean bags and and. And wall hangings. Wall yeah, hangings, not yeah. too and, bright, so you yeah. don't feel like your lamps. Yeah. Yeah, like the lights straight on you can be yeah, petrifying yeah. to a musician, especially Absolutely. someone that's not used to it. Yeah. But doing that and getting up on stage, I think, really builds up your confidence and and, and can really help, mm. definitely. I know a few friends of mine personally who sort of suffer with mental health, and it's really brought them through, like playing with the band and, and confidence-wise, you sort of feel, and you've got this community when you're in a band there's something strong between it and it really sort of gets you up and you, you feel accepted suddenly yeah. as well and sometimes you don't feel accepted and being in that sort of area with a lot of these people who are a bit can be a bit fragile I suppose mm, yeah, that's true. or around people who are very from violent and open mm-hmm. and it sort of helps to be around in that environment I think mm. that music really can it, help it's with the power of Fraternity. It's the power of community. It's the power yeah. of, of people coming together, in, in you know, and just being able to kind of uh, connect. And I know that talking to a lot of people that come to the jam nights specifically, and when you say to them, "Oh, do you want to get up and, and play?" They kind of go, oh, "No way!" Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. do the big wide yeah. eyes, and they kind of go, "Not no, on your nelly. Scary. I'm yeah, not yeah. good enough," sort of thing. And it is scary. It's but, it's but, super but then you see people go up there, and people. You know, they they fudge things up and like certain things don't go yeah. right, and they see that and they go, oh yeah, those are people that I've seen play all the time, and even they get make mistakes. And totally, they, it just and the reaction from the audience, well. is yeah, very everyone's forgiving so supportive well. and because everyone forgiving about people it. know that yeah, exactly. it's not, it's you've got not twenty worse. minutes to play, yeah. It can be an utter shambles. It doesn't matter. It's but, all but about it's, trying. But it's I find the worst of the guitarists. It's always good fun to watch. Like yeah, you know, definitely. Everyone is there having a good time. It's not about yeah. It's not about putting pressure and judging. It's about being inclusive. Yeah. I found that the guitarists tend to be the ones that find it scary to actually yeah. get up on stage. You got we got a lot of drummers and a lot of bassists, and we have a few guitarists, but there's mm. a lot more guitarists out there, and. Maybe stereotyping a little bit, but it's kind of true. <laughs> you know, it comes from truth. The guitarists tend to be the ones in the forefront a lot of the time thinking they're amazing and they mm. get put on the spot to suddenly get up and you have to jam and you've just got to play and they suddenly go go thin a little <laughs> bit. And whereas the drummers and the bassists are just up there and, yeah. and they seem to just maybe... Lock in and get the groove going. Yeah, and just get yeah. the groove and it, and it starts to get going. And, and, and it's a shame because there should Well, be it's more. the role though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, think, I, I think the role for, in a very traditional band sense, the role for the rhythm section. So, the, so in this context, the bass yeah. player and the drummer, it's a fairly, it's just a background. It's a bedrock, basically. The demand upon the guitarist or the other instrument 
that is being the voice in some ways, their job is to be flamboyant. Mm. And that's, mm. that's very scary. Uh, yeah, flam- that's, that is, I mean, for being the Being flamboyant section, tap is hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially when you kind of, you don't know what's going to happen. There are no predictable mm. uh, elements to this song. It's all just being made up. So it's a scary thing to do, yeah. to, to step forward and be there. Mm. And we know that the guitarists, that there are very few guitarists in those buckets. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're pulling a name out of those buckets. Sorry, listener, maybe you're unfamiliar with the old bucket. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your yeah, average jam. <laughs> no, no. But so, so the jam night involves five buckets, doesn't it? And people put their names in each of those buckets. There's a bucket for guitarists, a bucket for bass player, a bucket for drummer, a bucket for wild card, a yeah. bucket for a vocalist. <laughs> and um, and then names are pulled out and a, a band is put together for that 20 minutes uh, mm. uh, uh, segment. But very few guitarists actually put yeah. their names yeah, in. Yeah, we and sometimes so surprised with yeah, yeah. They get repeated numerous yeah. times during the night. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a few guitarists get up and you're just like, wow, where did that come from? That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But, um, I, 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 it was funny though, because after the first jam night, um, uh, I think it was... Can you grab a strongbow whilst you're there? <laughs> Uh, G dog's done the beer trap. Oh, the beer and room. a punk RPA. They're in the fridge. <laughs> um, How you find the fridge? Found it. Uh, oh. Ah. Yeah, yes. Anyway, Hell yeah. yeah. Um, Dom. Dom came up to me after the first uh, from from Staticalis. She came up to me and and said that um, like she wasn't really sure about coming out to the jam night because she had a shit week and like it, she was just feeling a bit like crap. Oh, don't get it all over the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she, she was feeling a bit crap. She had a, had a bad week, and she was like, "Oh, I, I'm not sure if I can be able to go out. It's a bit of a, a chore." And then, um, yeah, we've all like, been there. yeah, like, and, and she just said to me after the thing, like, "That was great. It was just such a release of like energy and like yeah. frustration, and like just getting on stage and just going that was crazy. an amazing just, jam like, as well. Yeah, it was just just like really nice to hear that. Like, and you've you know, got that like, freedom of playing anything, don't yeah, you? Exactly. It's, you? It's don't almost have like to worry about what you're singing, what you're playing. It's drum just, circles of these like vocal odyssey type things, yeah. like Nessie's doing, where you kind of are free or, or like free dancing or something, where there's no rules. There, yeah. There's no rules whatsoever. You can play anything, and even like the mix of styles when you get someone like playing on bagpipes or tin whistle yeah. with some electric metalhead guitarist it's like <laughs> it could be bloody awful but it could be amazing yeah, who yeah, knows yeah. we've never tried it when so Paul got up with the tuba and started <laughs> that's amazing that was so much fun but yeah but there is a thing um, there's a, a great phrase that, uh, that I find myself using a lot in my day job and that's uh, feel the fear but do it anyway yeah and uh, and I think it's a great phrase that kind of ties in with this really generally and when we were talking earlier about bedroom musicians been given an opportunity to donate a song for this um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disc of Grace album to promote positive mental health. I think it's um, it's it's about taking that step because it, people, the anxiety for something is so much bigger in your head yeah. than the actual thing. I mean, yeah. how, how often is that true? Yeah, like you, you, if you you're think someone... about going for a job interview, you think yeah, about yeah, taking yeah. your driving test, you're thinking about I. Every every Guernsey man has been like standing on the edge of of the Havelet wall or something like that, with all his mates peer pressuring him to jump off and jump into the sea. Like that's just such a like normal thing over here. And like you stand there and go, oh, do I want to jump? Do I want to jump? It's really hard. You wouldn't find me jumping. That's for sure. As soon as you jump off, it's like wow, that was fucking (laughs) awesome. And then you like swim around and just do it again and again and again. It's just like that fear is just like you've just got to overcome it and do it and then once you 
do that, you realise how great life can be. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah. Although talking about mental health earlier and yeah. then talking about jumping off high things yeah, is it's probably, probably not the best. I, I wonder why I made that connection. <laughs> as long as it's into the sea, it's fine. <laughs> oh, my brother went swimming in the snow. You know, a couple of what? days ago, what? it was snowing. Yeah. No way. He went swimming, yeah. Just, I mean, that's... It's just stupid. I, I, I immediately <laughs> thought that he found a really deep patch of snow. <laughs> and I was like, how would he do it? And then I realised what he meant, yeah. There's a very deep snow Just angel. flopping in, on his lawn like, in the back garden. Trying to do breast Swimming! Oh, swimming! It's like a really strange snow angel breaststroking <laughs> through the garden. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah. No, he actually went in, in the sea. But feel the fear and do yeah. it anyway. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. And you, have you, you've been in, you play in Tantau. Yes. But you've played in Different bands as well. Yeah, I played in loads of different bands. I uh, played in uh, Cajun bands. Uh, played in the Cajun band in Canterbury. That was great fun. Yeah. Three fiddles. Was that all like Bodron playing or full kit? Uh, no, no, it was full kit. It was kind of like uh, proper concert Kaylee stuff. Nice, so yeah. So we played loads of Kayleys, which was really good. Uh, played in the ukuleles, of course. They were very yep. kind to yeah. local as, band as well. As the ukulele boy. Um, <laughs> uh, which he, you've... you've you know, you went full on into that. You dressed up quite a few times. And... I did, yeah. <laughs> I put a wedding dress on once. Yeah. Great. Yeah, that was, uh, that was just great to be part of that. And the Cosmic Tea Party, I think, uh, their last CD. Yeah, that's just absolutely brilliant. I love with that, because I might be a little bit biased as Mimi as my partner, but it's, it's been so nice to see that band from when I met her. She'd sort of just started. It was just under a year or so that they'd been together. Mm. And see them all, like, progress. And the quality of the CD, the quality of the music, mm. and how it's developed. It's a really interesting sort of thing to see over that sort of four, The songwriting in that band is just absolutely amazing. Like they're, it they're, is, they're, they're yeah. like, lyrics and stuff like that are so good. They're so sort of so sassy. It's like, it's, yeah, exactly. Every song is really different, really catchy, and like yeah. very cleverly like written. Yeah. But um, it, it, it's one of those things when you say, "Oh yeah, the ukuleles." They go, "Oh, it's just yeah, it's people, people playing ladies playing ukuleles." to when they did the last Sark gig, with, yeah. where they did the big band, basically. Yeah, so yeah. you had Stretchy up there with a Focatron three thousand, <laughs> which is this uh, yeah. strange wooden music box type beatbox thing yeah. that had sound effects, and, <laughs> uh, and people can't see, but if I'm it, yeah, doing you, you the arm motion right now. Just got faster and spinning his hand around. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we obviously had fiddle uh, James Dumbleton, I think. Was James playing. Dumbleton was playing with them, yeah, yeah. But but bass from Mitch Mitchell, and um, it was just a big band, wasn't it? And, yeah, and, the mum and, choir and everything. Yeah, they had the all their mums come <laughs> up and do the choir. <laughs> and and each song was realised in a particular kind of way. And mm. one song I think was just it was just vocal and one drum. Um, oh wow! That song "Storm," yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, beautiful they, song, beautiful yeah. song. Yeah, and, and so they they realised each song. So yeah, I yeah. played in them for a bit, which was good. I played with Stretchy for a bit, Flexagon. That was great yeah. fun playing electronic music. And I think that I think that uh, music can be like that. I think it's good mm. to diversify. I think Definitely it's good yeah. to try different things. It's mm. a bit like learning different languages. It's yeah, I, it's good to spread your wings a bit. I think yeah. that especially as. I write a lot of stuff and, and being able to, for years I've been trying different bands, different genres and things and it's been so good to sort of find the way that you think you write well and, and some things are an absolute catastrophe. I remember playing a, 
in a hard rock band for a moment because <laughs> they had gone some a band called Sherry Dan, <laughs> and it was an absolute <laughs> nightmare. And they yeah. really wanted me to sing hard rock, and I realised pretty quickly that. I am one of the worst hard rock singers the world has ever seen. <laughs> it was horrible. It was so bad. But then we sort of developed from there and we were sort of doing more stonery, punky kind of stuff. And I really enjoyed that. And, and all those mixes sort of, you, you learn from them, but you see what you're good at and what you're not good at. And, and you vary your style. And then it sort of, it makes your style and your way of playing slightly slicker from, from, yeah. And it makes it sound like you because you've yeah. played all these other things, sticking to the same thing all the time. And I know I would go mad. Yeah, I'd go but mad like each, if I each project would have uh, informed the next one. Like each little. Yeah, thing you've always got a bit of inspiration and, from the last yeah, one that yeah. feeds and bleeds into mm, mm. the next sort of band. And if, if you've got that space, have you ever? You played music in different different bands. Was there ever a time before where you really thought that you wanted to maybe take that and? And make it a career? Or? Oh, God, yeah. But, I mean, um, so when I was about 21, living in Guernsey, I left the island with um, a family. So there were the Chubb brothers, Dominic and Justin Chubb, who... Uh, Justin was an amazing songwriter. I think by the age he was 15, he'd recorded and done all the lyrics for about 10 different albums. And this was on cassette. <laughs> in the days of cassette. So he was a really terrific songwriter and um the whole family decamped over to uk we had connections with the music industry we did all the you know the um the showcase nights in london played mm. the rock garden and places like that dingwalls we went to record companies we went we sat in front of a and r people we like i said we did those showcase nights where a and r people would come and take notes i remember playing the drums and seeing people taking notes and trying to play the drums <laughs> even better for them because yes. just write something positive please yeah. um so the Must pressure was the pressure was huge yeah. It, was, yeah. it was a very odd time everyone living we were on supplementary benefit we were getting very little for gigs cuz musicians you do if yeah. you're, if you're trying really hard Basically, it means you're trying really cheap. You've just got to sell yourself. And, yep. and so that was, that, that was probably about a year and a half of trawling the record companies. And we, we produced a, a record with the same guy that did Vangelis's Chari- <laughs> Chariots of Fire single. <laughs> and, and, and wow, that's like brilliant. That. We were on the same A&R contact as a band called Simply Red, which, we, which, we, um, which obviously went on to do big things. Um, so it was a really weird time mm. and uh, when the band folded for reasons that I won't go into here um, suddenly there was just I could just relax and it was really nice and I very yeah. nearly sold the drum kit and just you know but that's it because I've been through the mill emotionally mm. big time I went through some weird stuff and um, and then I didn't sell the drum kit um, I was convinced wise. not to. <laughs> I um, moved down to Ken instrument. and and then just started playing in bands, but without yeah. any expectation. So I could play a gig and not look out for that person with a notepad, not uh, just do it for the pleasure of doing yeah. it, not doing it for to get this yeah. thing, this yeah. record contract, this publishing deal, this this kudos or whatever it was. And there was there was not so much pressure. So suddenly it was, again, it was just... Uh, I've heard a few the, people... The, like, reason, the first reason why I got into music, yeah, just because yeah. it's fun to play. Exactly. I've heard a few people that play, you know, play professionally sort of function bands and sort of like session musicians and stuff. And they, they, they said as soon as they stopped doing that and went back to just playing for fun, 
it's just it's just all of a sudden you realize what you're doing wrong mm. you know you're like oh yeah i was doing it for the money and not for the fun of it and i've lost that joy I think I think playing functions band is absolutely fine and, oh, yeah, no, and a good yeah, thing, and it yeah. keeps your hand in, and yeah. it, it teaches you loads of skills. And, as long as Put you're enjoying it, somebody else's as long as shoes. You're enjoying it. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And some people have that same. It's that thing of I could be in a function band mm. and not playing always the stuff that I like or anything like that. But then on the other flip side, I could be in a factory every day, yeah. weekends, week, and then playing stuff that I don't enjoy on the weekend. But at least. Here I get to play the things I like, but then I get just get to play. Yeah. Just get to play all the yeah. time, and I can understand. I can understand that to a certain extent. I'm I find confused. it. I'm confused. I thought the Rex was a function band. <laughs> the Rex you, probably the Rex so, can be yeah. a function band. They can't yeah, get pretty, an album out. Let alone. You're, you're pretty functional. <laughs> they're, 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 pretty a, functional. they're a barely can function band. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. The Rex put the funk in the function. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. but we all do it for different reasons, don't yeah, we? Yeah, like, like, like our lifestyles, whether we've got a daytime yeah. job and we're just yeah. doing it to kind of keep a hand in or mm. whether actually we've got a bit more passion, we want to write our own songs. But you can see with the ukuleles, that was exactly the, the case. And I think they got to a point where they were playing so many shows and they're getting asked to play these shows and it was really good, but they were repeating the same material. There's only yeah. the sim- um, a limited amount you can do and they've all got day jobs. I mean, one's a lawyer, the other one's... An art director, one works for the States, one owns a dance school, and it's, it takes up so much time. And then yeah. they're getting together and they're really enjoying what they're making. And I think it just got to a point where there was just so many gigs repeating the same material. Yeah. Got, yeah. And they had to have this break and that, that happens, get I think back that and enjoy every more. band, though. You, you get to a point where you're just playing the same songs over and over again. Yeah. And you're not progressing for whatever reason. Um, mm. And sometimes you just need to just take a bit of a break. And then, like, when you can get the time back together again, Start writing yeah. some new stuff and start focusing on new stuff because everyone needs a plateau. Yeah, yeah. You, you need everyone to like, needs. It's like a staircase. You get, you, yeah. you, you go up, you go up, and then you yeah. need to plateau for a bit. You just need to stay yeah. on the landing. For Definitely. A while. And one of the problems I suppose we do have here is, even though the music scene's amazing, we've got all these amazing places to play on Guernsey. It mm. still is a, a small scene. Yeah. You know, the, you've you've got to get away, but because you're on an island, it's yeah. so more difficult. And you've got to get, if you want to, you can go to Jersey, but Jersey's really difficult to play gigs over there. Yeah. It's, it's a really difficult scene, Different even though we've got scene. Jersey gigs now. So hopefully yeah. that will change. Fingers crossed. Let's, but let's see. I hear they're great Jersey gigs. They're really good. <laughs> I hear they're uh, better than Guernsey gigs. Yeah, I've, I've heard <laughs> But then you've got to go to the UK or you've got to go um, to France. A lot of people actually say you've got to go to, to, to the UK to tour. I've said this numerous times to a lot of bands. Just go over to Europe. Yeah. I mean, from here, you could go straight over to France for yeah. so much cheaper. Yeah. And, I mean, I played in France for years, and I know the scene probably better there than I do know it here. Mm. And I know it definitely better than the UK, because I've, ne- I've paid very little really in the UK. Yeah. But you get treated so well, and you get paid a lot better. And you can go over, and you get in the car, and you just tour all the way across and suddenly you're in Germany yeah you just keep and going and you can keep going and you can do these tours and yet everyone's just keep adamant just keep, just keep, just keep on doing driving. London and Amsterdam. stuff which I'm sure <laughs> is good but <laughs> yeah <laughs> Amsterdam you take, take a few a weeks breath, off take a deep breath <laughs> call it inspiration hold it <laughs> and then let it out slowly <laughs> but yeah I, I think in um, uh, in Guernsey you get a, a bit of a cycle of the same bands playing again and again which which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but uh, it it does also mean that like um, 
it can get quite boring for the general public quite quickly. Not that yeah. The, not that the bands are boring, but there's seeing a finite amount. Seeing, goes yeah, and and there's there's not much input from outside of Guernsey music-wise. You know, actually bringing bands over, which is something that we're trying to aim to do. We are eventually. trying. Um, it's so difficult. Always the same thing we have is that. It costs us so much to bring yeah. bands over, to get them over from the UK. Um, now with Jersey, hopefully being able to combine the two islands, we can get it cheaper so we yeah. can get more going. I think there's been a friction between the two islands for years. We're almost, if they've played Jersey, they can't play Guernsey, or, yeah. or which Something sounds wow. completely absurd. Really? That does sound well. weird. Um, um, but like also trying to get venues to work together as well, to book definitely, and so that they can... like. You know, they can play St. James one night and then play a, a little intimate gig in uh, uh, the tavern or uh, yeah. the cock and ball. And it's or, about know, a network just, of places yeah, to, exactly. to, to stay as well. Yeah, exactly. Like finding finding bed people down and yeah. not yeah. have to stay in hotels. Yeah, exactly. Like and, and just sort actually of... just to stay at Craig's house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Greg and Mimi's. Greg and Mimi. Everyone in there in the lounge. Yeah. We could do the podcast at the same time over yeah. the whole weekend. No. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> I get, getting people over and then trying to get them to do as much as possible, make the most of whilst they're here and then uh, and, and I think that will help strengthen the local music scene as well yeah. because um, seeing the same bands play over and over again is is like it, it, I think it can get a bit stale for, for both the band and both the audience you know I think if you're playing to the same people all the time and not seeing anything new like you you can get a bit bored with it you know like like, like you were saying like playing the same songs over and over again to the same yeah, places definitely. I think that, you know th- things like um having the jam night to go and just play something that you wouldn't normally play and like or listen play with to something you, you know, wouldn't normally and, listen yeah, to yeah exactly I think that, that is like a really sort of um, important thing like for people to have just a little bit of variety because yeah. I, I think a lot of people just go to the, uh, along to like Buffalo Hudson gigs and stuff like that nothing against Buffalo no, Hudson Buffalo Hudson is absolutely amazing, amazing. For the island. But, but they're great for the island because everyone loves them everyone wants to dance to them sing along to their songs and stuff but like if you go and just listen to the same band over and over again, you think that's all that the local music scene has to offer. Mm. I think Buffalo Hudson so is really more. interesting in the fact that I sort of noticed when they arrived and when they changed over and they had the full yeah. band, yeah. they got to a, a really professional level in the way they're playing and like them or not or, or whatever you feel about them, they, they're a really professional band. They've got some really catchy tunes. Mm-hmm. Like you go to a gig and you're humming it all the way home. Yeah. And their level just suddenly went up. And I noticed with all the other bands, because their level was getting better, all the other bands suddenly felt like they had to mm. up their game. Mm. And the music scene just suddenly got even better. It's those few bands that suddenly get better and mm. everyone else thinks we've got to be. Yeah. And the quality has gone up a lot through all of that. Yeah, and yeah. I think that re- they, were, they were really good sort of... Um, yeah, Tantal are going to be introducing a didgeridoo into the next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the next step. Yeah. Up the level, Graham, I'm just going to say. Somebody's just going to unzip their flies and bring out a very large piece of log. I think the last Tantal gig, that was something as well. We've realised that the, the sort of three bands, local bands, playing at a venue with nothing extra special seems to be dying off a little bit. It doesn't seem to work as well. But recently, there's been a few gigs. We had the album launch with Tantau, where it was sort of made so it's, it was a bit more special. Like the decor in the room, yeah. the advertising that went into it. One of the main problems we've talked about for ages yeah. is if you want people to come to the gigs, you've got to advertise it. 
Um, but that seems to be an ongoing yeah, not problem. Of course you have yeah. to advertise it, yeah. Um, but creating like a really nice atmosphere. I mean, that last gig with the Tantau one with the Rex mm. and, and um, Lord, Vapor. Lord Vapor. And Flexigan. And Flexigan mm. was... People came there, and I hadn't seen a lot of the people that were in the room that night. Um, mm. I go to a lot of the gigs over here, and you can always tell a few faces. But there were people that... I dare say we're just allowed out portable for the night. <laughs> um, but it was so nice to see them. And I, could, I was listening to people afterwards. And because they came to that gig and they saw that it was really full and it was, the room was really well decorated, yeah. and it, it just felt special. And they came to that night. Afterwards, when they're talking, like, oh, that was, why don't we go to see more and stuff? And you really get them occasion. If they hadn't, if it had just been the three bands playing the same thing and nothing special, then we might have lost those people that, that mm. don't get that experience yeah, and totally. have never been to those kind of things. It, it, come, it, comes, it comes down to um, a, a theme that's coming out of this first podcast mm. in as far as we've talked around this subject a bit. It's about collaboration, yep. about uh, community. And I think that uh, the one of the reasons why that night was so good was because there was lots of different inputs. So mm. there was... Um, like you mentioned, the decor. So Tyler Ayres, Ghost House, really decorated the the Tav in her own style. And yeah. uh, she came up with this concept and she said, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do that. And we just went, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird, cool. but we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, and so just having, having an artist... Uh, alongside a musician mm. is just it's a, it's a great combination yeah definitely I mean look at all the listener if you want to think about your favourite band or album I bet you can picture that album cover that the, the artist that oh, did yeah. that sort of album cover the, the, the images are really important yeah, yeah, I mean sure. Elliot you know from your own photography and video work and things like that how strong the image is yeah you, uh, for any band it's really important to have um it sounds it sounds silly, but like have a great album cover, have a great design with with yeah. with your music because that says what your music is about. How you present your band yeah. is mm. so important. Yeah, and I think a lot of people overlook that when they're they're like, oh yeah, we'll throw together an album cover and it'll it'll be fine. But like, I, I mean, even even we like I, I, we scour the the internet looking for like interesting artists for our album covers and for our oh that's for our brunch, stuff. Yeah, yeah, for brunch. Yeah. Just, just because like. I think it's so important to like um, have something that people can look at and go, oh, I get an idea of what the music's going to be, or I get an idea of like that looks interesting. Maybe I should check it out. They've thought about what they're doing, yeah. and like same with the gig. Like if if you know that like you turn up to a gig and you see all this awesome decoration and all this sort of like people have made an effort, then you think this is going to be a great night, and like you're yeah. going to. It starts it off well. Yeah, yeah. It just puts it puts the, the sets the tone. Such do you guys do you guys remember going into like uh, vinyl stores mm. and flick it like like um, vinyl vaughns? Yeah, and and flicking through albums and going, oh, that's a nice album cover. Yeah, no idea who the music. <laughs> I do that all the time. Two all quid, the time. and you pull bargain. it out. Two quid bargain, brilliant. And you take it home and you put it on a wing and a prayer just because of what the image when, looks when like. When I was Definitely. when I was a kid, I used to um, my, my parents used to give me my pocket money. It was a Enough to buy either an album from uh, from number nineteen or two of the bargain base bargain bin sort of things. So I used to either like rummage around for an album that I thought I wanted, or like rummage around in the basket for like 
whatever was there that looked interesting because you anything never know had, what was in there. Anything that had boobies never, yeah. on, basically, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I, I, bought, I, I remember buying a, a, an album from a, a band, well, I thought it was a band called Hyenas in the Desert. <laughs> Right, and it had like the the, 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 the the front had their logo looked like a heavy metal sort of like big scratchy sort of Slayer looking oh, yeah. uh, logo, and like the, the front cover had some guy in a in a, a mask, and it was like oh this is like some awesome heavy metal album. That's me. Yeah, and I, 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 I grabbed it. I was like right, I'm gonna listen to this. It's gonna be great. I put it in my my CD player, and it was just like just hip hop. <laughs> and I was like oh man I just wasted my pocket money on this <laughs> and then like just because I had that and I kept like uh, every now and again I'd stick it on just because I was like oh, I got, you know, I've got to listen to it I've wasted my money on this I got really into it and yeah. I was like it's actually really good and like now I, I like all the time I stick on some hip hop just because like you I, I never would have yeah I grew to love it just, yeah just on a like random chance that I picked it up so yeah totally yeah. nothing wrong with a bit of hip hop <laughs> I suppose we didn't. I didn't have a record store around where I was in France. When really? I was up. So you could get CDs, but they're so expensive. Really? And I also probably spent all that pocket money on beer, to be <laughs> and and cheese, and, and cheese. cheese, cheese and wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, really deep, dirty, cheap, cheap beer. I think. <laughs> And play maybe guitar that, in a bedroom. Maybe that, maybe that helped to influence you to write your own songs. Though. I think you. definitely it was all part of of just. Yeah, just writing. I sat with my best friend and we would just drink and write songs for ages. He was a lot better writer than me as well, which was really frustrating almost because yeah. I think he went on later and he sort of gave it up and that's why I sort of stayed on it and and continued writing. I managed to get to that stage, but I was always slightly almost competing because it, it just seemed to be so natural for him <laughs> to just write these amazing songs and I'd just be like, God, and why can't I do that? Like, why are my songs so bad? <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure he judged his songs in the same way. Uh, I think he was quite proud about the fact that he wow. also did better songs. <laughs> yeah, man. He was probably, slightly arrogant was in probably that. probably an asshole. Though, right? He was no friend. <laughs> you called him a friend. He wasn't a friend. He was your arch nemesis. <laughs> But I, I think uh, boredom is quite an important thing for, for anyone who's creative. Like, if yeah. you don't have time to get bored, you don't make anything creative. You know, yeah, if, you, true. if you don't have that downtime to sit and sort of think about what you're going to do, and, like, if you're constantly busy and doing stuff, you don't actually get the chance to sit there and, like, be creative, I think. Yeah. You know... But you have to mull it over, don't you? You have mm. to kind of... You, you have to have a chance for things to settle. It's a bit like a kind of... Um, What's those little globey things? Those those snow globes that you shake, yeah. and everything gets gets mixed up. And maybe our like our day to day lives are a bit like that. You know that we're constantly doing loads of stuff, and we're here, there, and everywhere. And sometimes we just need to let it settle a bit, mm. so then we can get some clarity. Uh, how many times stuff. have you been like on a walk or a bike ride or something like that, where you just sort of like all of a sudden you've got a tune in your head or you've got like mm. an idea for something and you got, I've got to get home and try oh, that. Rhythms. Yeah. Yeah. You might have like a little melody or a little sort of something or, and you go, Oh, I've got to, and then you get home and you totally forget it. But like, <laughs> it's, it's that little bit of boredom that you just gives you that, your brain, that space to sort of think and be creative where, like, I think a lot of people underestimate how important that is. And it's downtime and clarity, yeah. isn't it? Really? And so it's, I think actually without being, too hippie about the whole thing. I think that actually nature's a really good thing. Yes, why not? Yeah, yeah I have another one. 
So, listener, Greg has just gone to the kitchen Greg, again. Greg, trying to be really subtle about the beer run. Is... Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit worried because he just went to the toilet. I didn't hear him washing his hands, and now he's gone to the fridge. He also had his fly Meanie, undone as he walked past. Yeah, and he was doing up his fly as he went into the kitchen. <laughs> Mimi, have a word. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. You can tell he's French, can't yeah, you? Really. French. Very poor personal hygiene. <laughs> so, what's your day job, then? I'm a graphic designer slash photography slash video slash a lot of different creative things. A lot of slashing going on. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. I'm me. also in Guns N' Roses. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's another one of those It's interesting because the top hat is the only thing you're wearing tonight. <laughs> he never takes that hat off. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank God. I wish he'd place it over somewhere. Um, yeah. Okay, but, well, that's that, that's a great job. To have, yeah, and that's well, so, really is lots of creativity. Yeah, lots though. of like creative outlets, which is nice. Um, it can get a little bit overwhelming yeah. <laughs> with with all of the creative things because I, I like to do a lot of stuff and keep my sort of skill level up on loads of different things. So trying to balance it all is quite <coughs> quite difficult. But um, getting involved in uh, trying to use my skills in. The local music scene, I really enjoy that because it's it's a nice way to um, combine everything, if you know what I mean. Mm. Combine photography, combine video, combine graphics, combine music and put them all together. So that's, that's, that's true, yeah, how that's sort of Going to Gig came about was me going, how can I do it all together? As so a, how long has Going to Gigs been kind of around then? I've been on the island since 2005. Um, probably since I, I came back from uni, I kind of... Returned to the island and noticed there was a massive drop off of. Um, so when was that? Uh, 2008, 2009, okay. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I came came back from the UK and just noticed that, like, you know, when I was younger, we have you used to have such an amazing music scene. Like there was gigs every single week, and they were always packed out. Like I remember filling out the bowl every single uh, weekend. You know, they, they would wow. just be absolutely packed out, and like you know, just everyone was going crazy, having a great time, and. You know, all these gigs would just be so cool, um, and I came back and I just I was like, "Where are all the gigs? What's what's mm-hmm. happening?" Where and I, I just noticed like a kind of big drop off. Mark Gear was doing um, the sort of uh, Rock of Ages thing, yeah. um, and, and that was really good. But again, it was like getting less and less well attended, um, which was really sad. But um, well, I, I, I don't know actually. It was it was really well attended. I, I um, I'm not sure what the reason was for for stopping that. It might have been sort of um, licensing issues, licensing or political yeah. issues. Yeah, or whatever. Good on Mark for doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he, he pumps some life. Yeah, yeah, but, but that was the sort of like last of the things going on. I was like, there needs to be something that kind of brings us together and and uh, and shows what's on and like. I, I, it was kind of the transition like this was before Facebook had Facebook events or anything like that and there wasn't any sort of like way to shout about your gigs online there, there used to be the Rotten Forum were you part of that? No I didn't that, know that was that. Um, that was like way back in the day that there used to be the the Rotten Forum the Johnny Rotten Forum uh, <laughs> Jesus yeah. uh, no but it was literally just for, for um, local musicians and everyone used to go on there and just talk about local gigs and what was on and plug what was happening and it was absolutely amazing Like, so it was an online forum it was just it was literally a, yeah, so just a, a blog a yeah, yeah, yeah. Of their computer machines and then John, John um, McCarthy I think it was him that, that set it up was this pre-Facebook was yeah yeah pre- MySpace this was pre-Facebook this was like MySpace era sort of thing 
and everyone used to go on there and talk about what was on and what was happening and like um you know there, there would still be the sort of like gig listings in the press and stuff like that but you know how many how many people read that and like i yeah. think i think most people gravitated to online because it was easy to access you could talk to people and i was just like that's gone we need something like that we need mm. something that's like people can easily access all the time see what's on is live updating has something that like you can just like send your gig listing to and it will be on there yeah and and it'd be nice to have like a, a page where you could see all the local bands and see um you know what music they make and just like listen to it or whatever so i tried to create a website where we could do all of that which was cool um whilst it was whilst it was around and then facebook kind of came out with facebook events and oh, facebook yeah. pages and all this sure. sort of stuff yeah and everyone sort of like gravitated towards that because it was just you know, you're on facebook all the time so easy it's all there um, it is easy, yeah. But now, sort of, Facebook is becoming a bit more um, controlling over what you can see. It's all about paid advertising. It's yeah. all about, you know... We find that so much. With, if you create numerous events, if you're just creating one event, then it's fine. But as soon as you're putting out numerous events, so we've got the Unplugged Clubs, yeah. we've got our different bands as well, where you start... To, as soon yeah. as you start doing that, you 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 put it out there and no one just, sees it. It just gets yeah. lost in the fog. Just because lost, it just gets lost. Yeah. And you... And, and you wonder, and they see 98 people that showed yeah. it. You've got 2,000 or 3,000 people following the page that are trying yeah. to... And, and, so and every, every weekend... Then? Well, every weekend... What's, what's the future, chaps? Well, well every, every weekend you see someone posting saying, what's on this weekend? And you're like, well, come just check out the Facebook page. And it, it's just gotten to a point where we're like, right, we need to start the website back up again. We need to, like, get have the... Have a gig guide. Yeah, have a know. gig guide that everyone can go to and look at. And so... Uh, we've been busy sort of programming uh, a gig guide that just links up with Facebook, takes all of your local events and stuff and just puts it straight on our website. So you don't have to do anything. We'll just That's really we'll, good. We'll, we'll just have your gigs on our website. Um, and, and also we're going to have a page full of the local uh, albums. So every, anyone who's got an album on Bandcamp um, that's been rec- properly recorded and is stuck up on there, we'll stick it up on our website and you can access that. So anyone can go and listen to local music but it's a, it's a way of encouraging bands to actually record their music properly and not just put out a little demo on SoundCloud okay. or something like that it's just a like we're, we're saying bank up only because it means you can update your own information it means you can sell your own merchandise and all that sort of stuff yeah. and it's, um, it's band friendly bank yeah like, exactly it's a really good site and I think we have certain principles when we when we started working later on, when I got involved, which yeah. is about a year, two years about ago, two years ago, two years reckon, ago yeah. now, like after a night in the cock and ball, <laughs> and I was talking about wanting to do more. I wanted to be able to book bands and get more bands booked. Yeah. So, well, why don't we combine it? Because it's already up. Yeah, I, I used to do a couple of events. We did the Battle of the Bands once as well, and and, and that was a that was a good success like but yeah I, I don't think it really held the sort of principles of what i wanted to do like getting bands to compete yeah. against each other wasn't really the idea well, this I is where we sort of bit... came up with the ideas i think i mean we we will promote and, and show um cover bands and things like that and if they've got an event we personally but we we decided at the beginning that if we were going to um, put on an event that we would stick strictly to original music and try and push those sort of young people trying to create and the needed that help in original music. Yeah. Um, and 
battle of the bands, I think we agreed that we wouldn't do a battle itself. Yeah. It's kind of, it just seems, it seems wrong pitting, to us. Pitting bands against, <laughs> pitting each, bands other against each other and judging who's the best. I and, love that idea. I, I, it's, I was talking to uh, Tom Gerard about that. Yeah. It's, it's such a bizarre concept. So yeah, weird. Like, for artists to compete against each other. I know, it's, I mean, it's like, yeah, I know it's so rigged. rigged. It's like the Turner Prize <laughs> and there's the Oscars and the Golden yeah. Globes and the, and all those kind of it's things. It's like turning, which, it's turning creativity into a sport. It's just not. It's really it's like, battle of the bands. I yeah. mean, it's like, it's like musicians all the rubbish doing sport. From. Yeah, musicians yeah. doing fighting. Yeah. We're, we're lovers, not fighters. <laughs> we're just there to create. As soon as you start competing as well, most of it's rigged. Yeah. Like Very clearly. You go to battle of the bands and, and it, you can see how it's rigged. Whoever's parents are going to be there and <laughs> yeah, bring the rest yeah. of their family. Whoever's in the jury or whoever. And it's it's not about that. Like, everyone's sort of on an equal level. Whether I mean, we see it with bands at the moment where we've got that track not found band who are 16, 15 year yeah, olds. And amazing. they're competing, like, way up there with some of the other bands that yeah. we've got on the island. And it would be unfair almost in a battle of bands putting them... Um, against something because they're on a completely different level yeah, either they would win because they're younger or because they're yeah, original or because they're not what quite what is ready. the criteria that you would yeah. judge yeah, that exactly is and who has who has control dress? over and art obviously Elliot would wear, would, would <laughs> wear apart that, from Mimi who is like head of all the art <laughs> <laughs> no one can I mean we're allowed to judge ourselves because because we because we know all about music <laughs> and said exactly that way things, yes. all the musical things we know <laughs> but, but it's actually bullshit yeah it's, it's just it's silly because like you're you're putting bands that it might be of like different skill levels might be of, but like they're all doing their own thing they're all expressing themselves creatively in different ways and yeah. like yeah who's, who's gonna sit there and judge that like yeah. and how do you judge that it's yeah, just it's silly but so like we we decided to make uh, events that were more inclusive and more sort of like bringing people together rather than trying to divide people or oh, not trying to divide the old connectivity thing yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. community connectivity oh, yeah beautiful. no it's because like because I started the, the website as a way to bring more people together and get the sort of gig scene back up and rolling uh, something so, just occurred to me you, yeah. you're doing this because you need friends yeah <laughs> Essentially, shit. Help <laughs> <Found> me out. <laughs> All this time. <laughs> the penny has dropped. And what instrument do you play again? Uh, I'm not even sure anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a large violin. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I, there's got to be something about wanting to play an instrument that um, <laughs> speaks speaks to the individual about wanting to translate something that is inside, whether inside your heart or your head or whatever that is to put that out there in some ways it's about Definitely. summing up an emotion or, or a state of mind that you want to express in some ways and whether that's just to your four walls in your bedroom or to a tape recorder and listen back to it or whether it's actually taking that one step further and mm. having the gumption and the courage to actually put that out to people there to is something about that yeah. cathartic process yeah. about translating something outside and wanting to connect and wanting to empathise I did um, part of my professional study was doing a piece of um, uh, research about uh, music and the therapeutic uses of music yeah. and I read a really interesting um, uh, research about some um, guys who were in a prison in the States for people who were really um, youngsters basically who, were, who had committed horrible crimes and were deemed very uh, violent and 
very troublesome. Right wrongans, I tell you. <laughs> right, they were in present, and they looked at the kind of music that they were playing and thinking that well, maybe these guys they should be listening to really chilled out music, like ambient, trancey, <laughs> kind, of, like, kind of stuff. And uh, but they weren't. They were listening to really angry, angst-ridden, aggressive kind of tunes. Yeah. But their emotional responses to those angry, angst songs was really calm. Mm. And when you did ECGs of their blood pressure and their brain waves, their it's responses... A it's a release. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's, a, it's empathy. They, they, they basically describe that when they're listening to those really angry, loud songs, they felt there's somebody else out there connected yeah. with them. Mm. It's actually I, somebody I, yeah, un- totally agree understands that, yeah. them. And, mm. and it had that, that very real effect on their physiology of actually calming them mm. right down. And, it's and it's funny. Thinking, I, oh, wow, I, I connect. Somebody during, else out there knows me. So somebody uh, responds to me. Yeah. During my angsty teenage years, I used to listen to like loads of death metal sort of music and stuff like <laughs> that. That was going to say. Yeah, and like, and like, it's totally like really relatable as a like sort of like you just want to get that rage out and like... I mean, someone someone just talk, listens but, to but, death metal and they always speak like... So how's it going today? Oh, very calm. Really and then you calm. listen to a folk musician, they seem constantly on edge. Probably the rockiest of the lot. <laughs> I used to fall asleep listening to Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that, just because I found it really relaxing. It's kind of like a white noise machine yeah, almost yeah. a little bit. Uh, and my friends just used to think I'm fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> Which I am, but... <laughs> but yeah, no, I totally get that. It's a really interesting point. Uh, the empathy of music, isn't it? It's about uh, us being able to connect with, yeah. with something else. But yeah, that was the sort of going back to that sort of thing. It's, it, it would, something that we're at, we as good into gigs are trying to do is uh, connect musicians together, form different bands and get the sort of music scene a little bit sort of integrating a little bit more because I think that's sort of... Yeah. That's what keeps it strong is, exactly. is that connectivity, is that sort of like... I think there was quite a strong moment... We would, we were putting on a gig a while back. I think it was, it might have been a Generators one, the Generators or something. I think it was Andy so- Sovage, who was, um, who works on Guernsey gigs as well, who was saying when we were doing the sound check, like, oh, like years ago, people would turn up for sound check, but other band members, other people that weren't playing that night or that were going to the gig would turn up for what sound check wow. and just like unload the van with them and have a beer and hang out. Yeah. And, there's this kind of sort of community ready before and it's like five o'clock probably really bad idea to start at that time but, <laughs> <laughs> but why not I mean it's yeah. it's really nice that sort of community I thought mm. that was like one thing was, oh, that was, that's really nice and it is nice when you see people that just sort of rock up to see if you need a hand to like take out two amplifiers which you can do on your own but yeah. it, it, there's always something nice about that sort of that feeling of everyone sort of coming together and yeah, everyone chipping each in other. Driving everyone in. chipping in mucking in yeah, yeah. At, at the end of that um Rex, Tantal, Lord Vapor, Flexagon gig. Uh, the next day, Sunday, you, yeah. you guys turned up to like clear up the gear. I was taking down some vines with eyes and some, <laughs> yeah. some toxic waste barrels in, in the back. And Moxie just got up on stage and broke my drum kit down and just yeah. packed, packed it all up. I didn't ask her to do that. She just It's just it. part of... Just, yeah, it's nice. People yeah, yeah. muck in. And it's good. It's always nice, that, like that day after and having a bit of chit-chat about the gig and seeing where mm. it went. Well, and seeing where it went awfully wrong for some as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's always fun. I think going back to that gig, we were saying earlier how 
the change of like three bands in one go, how trying to create a gig now where if you've got three bands, they've kind of got to connect mm. and everyone's got so much information at once that you've got to have something that I think the gigs develop now. What can you do to sort of make it more interesting where it's not just the band? Is there a visual are you, thing? Are you, are, you, are, you, are you talking about like a theme or a like theme a, a towards the gig or so I mean, you've got something? There was an element of psychedelia on, on that night, I think. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it's that sort of, of psychedelic fit in kind of thing. Mm. Can I, you do just a band watching a band? Now do you have to have do you need to think I, up ideas I, I think, where it's really I think, different? I think, I think the public, different concept. I, I think Republic respond to that. I mm, think they yeah, will sure. invest in something if they know it, it's about a certain thing. Well, I, and, it's, and it's even a, if it's I something it's mundane, about, yeah, yeah, creating an, an event rather than just a, a gig. Yeah. You know, like creating something that's a little bit special has a unique sort of like thing that Selling you can latch on to. Whereas before a gig would have been fine. People know there's a gig. They turn up. They go to the gig. Yeah, now they going. expect it to be more than just that. There's got to be something special about it, whether you do it in a special location yeah. or, or whether it's themed around something different or whether everyone at the gig just, has to turn it's up a straight that people haven't seen before. <laughs> Silent discos, yeah, all these yeah. kind of like new concepts. And people are so used to going, oh, that looks amazing. I'd really like to try that. Yeah, yeah essentially exactly. it is still just a gig with a band. Maybe the listeners could send in their suggestions. Yeah, if you, no, seriously, if you have interesting ideas, we would totally be Interesting for, locations. For trying them out and, and, you know, collaborating with you on it. Because again, it's all about collaboration. Mm. And trying something new. If you've got a good location, we're always looking for locations. Mm. Yeah. Even to film in or photograph in for, or just for bands just or sit record with. A podcast. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so are you guys looking for other people to come and join you for this? Uh, yeah, if, if anyone's interested in joining us on the podcast, just drop us a little message on Facebook or cool. on the website. And yeah, we're, we're totally open to anyone who has any sort of musical connections or anything to say. Uh, we want to get you in the room and just talk to you. See what, yeah. has, see what uh see what happens. And they don't have to drink John Smith's, they don't have to No, no, it. we uh, no, you, you, you can yeah. whatever you like. Yeah, I we mean, could... we've got about two litres two and a half litres of gin to get through still, so <laughs> this is gonna be a <laughs> This long podcast night. could go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're only we're an hour into it, so uh Wow, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I can't imagine who's actually gonna sit and listen to this though, really. Oh, I mean God, no, who three knows? blokes, basically, guitar, violin, vocals. Yeah bass playing and a drummer sat around a table with uh, now there's quite a collection of tins <laughs> tins this is going to get well. more interesting as it goes yeah. <laughs> wow. did um, you see the um, Netflix um, stand up all, all, all about the drummers no Have you heard about that no I can't remember who, the name of the comedian um, he plays in I think it's Portlandia the TV series I never really watched it, but I, I landed at randomly the other day, and he does this stand-up only for drummers. Really? So wow. it's just loads of drummers in a room and loads of, like, very jokes, uh, but just drum uh, jokes and things. Like, drummers are known in musician circles for being a bit daft and a bit stupid and a bit slow. I mean, a bit I'm, slow, just gonna I'm, I'm just going to name it. I'm just going to name it. And um, I got into the back of a taxi in London once okay and i play drums i'm i'm a drummer i'd like to think and the taxi driver started dr driving off and he said oh mate have you heard the joke about the drummer <laughs> i mean just classic just, yeah and yeah. so i actually, did he know I you were a drummer pretty, or... it was late at night i was pretty annoyed and i actually said excuse me 
virtually, I am a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> and he said... He said, yeah, it's about you. <laughs> he said, all right, I'll tell it very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> Ba-boom. <laughs> yeah. I think one of my, my favourite drummer ones has to be, um, how do you know if the stage is level? <laughs> Because yeah. the drummer's dribbling on both sides. That's just not <laughs> nice, though, is it? It's, it's so, such an in-joke. You couldn't. We talked about sports earlier. They wouldn't have a clue what we were banging on about. We went to... But they probably have the same thing about badminton players. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> With their cuttle <laughs> shocks and cuttle pocks or whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. We were in... Um, the first Guernsey Gigs event we did was uh, like officially a sort of the new idea was that folk americana night where we had uh will wood a friend of mine from new zealand over and great north and chris callahan from nashville Mm. which is a great gig but i I, they they came over all this way they were on tour at the time and they were going through france and uh they decided to come along and we paid them whatever we could pay with them for the doors to just trap to cover some of the travel but they're such nice guys uh, they were all living in this in where we're actually recording the podcast at the moment. But at the time, they came and I thought I would have finished the kitchen by then. <laughs> but it just consisted of bare walls in the kitchen and all these kitchen cabinets in this living room and a few block mattresses. And people were like eating off the top of these, these nice. cabinets and stuff. It was a nightmare. And just you beer cans everywhere for... <laughs> For a few days when they were over, but they we brought them into the studio in BBC um, BBC Guernsey, and we were meant to have an interview with um, uh, JKT. Yeah, and it, she was ill or she wasn't there that day or something, and we ended up with some well, other interviewer who was a lovely <laughs> guy, but I don't think he was really a musician. And it as soon as we were in the interview room, we it started off with the banjo jokes, oh. all about banjos. <laughs> And he originally mistook the banjo for being a guitar and then a bass before we told him it was a banjo. And these jokes are going through like how it's such an awful instrument, even though we play. All night googling banjo jokes, and he's going, "I don't, I don't understand why you're, why you're joking about what's wrong with the banjo." And and the whole interview was it was so awkward. And there's a a moment where um, uh, Hayden from Great North says this this joke which and he's very he's very dark he's very slick with his humour and, and he was just sort of saying oh he was saying what do you think about Guernsey and what you like and he's like oh I, I really like Guernsey but um, it's almost like you had footpaths and you decided to just put cars on them <laughs> and it was really sort of in joke and stuff and he just looked blank and the interviewer just went and couldn't understand it and then he went to Will he was playing this song about um, his dad that he wrote for his father it's quite a dark song mm. Um, but he wrote this song and said this for my dad who doesn't even know that I really am a musician kind of thing um, he knows the sort of play but he doesn't yeah. know that I'm there and I think he'd be really well, was amazed was dad deaf? Um, <laughs> most probably that's yeah that's, that's, really like, that's, that's like, like a, a riddle guitar. that's like a riddle he probably listened to him once when he was in parents playing death metal <laughs> I'm not listening to that nonsense son you know what? <laughs> my mum has never been to one of our gigs she's she, never no 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 she, she refuses to come she, she says we're the devil's armpit no way. That's how, that's, that's, that's how she describes our music. That's a good name for a band. I, I know. Maybe the listeners could send in good names for a band. I, I, I'll have to one day read out the poem that she's written about our, uh, about 
us as a band, but it's absolutely incredible. Devil's armpit. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. Hot and salty. Par- parents, parents aren't supposed to like... If your parents love your music, you know you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I have a mum that... That always complains that I'm not playing enough. Yeah, or, it's or I'm not doing or... a solo enough, or I'm not in the. Fo- and like, yeah, but that's part of the music, you know. You've, you've, I'm well, there. They'll, they'll never understand what's going on. No, no, understand. but it'd be nice just to be able to hear you a bit yeah. more, <laughs> or to know what you're doing, and yeah, always they never, never quite achieve. satisfied. Wait, wait, so, so your mum wants to hear you a bit more. My mum wants to hear you a bit less. They should get together. Yeah, they should form a band. <laughs> the mum choir yeah like ukuladies <laughs> is there anything else we need to uh, cover on our on our little list I, I, don't we think, a list I don't think any of this has been anything that no. we need to cover no no of course oh, not there's <laughs> yeah, been, been no up, need at all. I mean for a first edition that went pretty well yeah well I yeah I, I think uh, God knows when we're going to listen back I've, to it. I but. still I can't imagine who's actually listening to this. <laughs> and and I always I'm intrigued. Uh, what if you're hearing impaired? How, how are you going to access this? Are you going to if you're hearing you impaired? Gonna at least you'll be able to hear me. I might sit and, and write it down. Sit and type it out. Yeah. And then yeah, just yeah. sit and type the whole thing out. Sure. I'll. I'll well, get maybe on somebody that. out there could do that for us. <laughs> maybe they could. Just, maybe I'm someone sure there's out there wants to spend their time. Writing out nonsense. <laughs> As a, you know, you might not be up to much. I mean, some people might really, some people might get off on that. I tell you what, I have noticed that. I mean, this isn't this this isn't uh, unusual, I'm sure. And I don't think it's just because there are three very cheap looking microphones pointing towards us. But we've we've all given a, each other some space to talk in some mm. ways that there hasn't been people talking over each other like you get in pubs with friends sitting around the table you often yeah. get little conversations yeah. breaking cross, out and cross conversations like yeah. but actually we've been sitting we've been listening and it's felt quite natural really in some ways um, I think so I think the more we do it as well the more we can listen and find out where we're you know we're not we're not prone to podcasts um, and I sort of something I've noticed when I go into like either the BBC or these small small radio stations local radio stations and you listen back to yourself and I think oh one thing I hate oh, is my laugh listening back every time it. I think I, I sound like I write nana oh. it's like oh god who's that <laughs> retard laughing oh, in the yeah, corner can you do it now because I, uh, <laughs> there we go it, that's it, it. That's it. That's and it. you can't stop it it's not as bad as mine <laughs> <laughs> And you always think, oh, what's why we banned you from laughing tonight. <laughs> yeah. When you try and find the words and you try and sound, and all the time, especially, at least on here, we can say what we want, really. Yeah. But all the time, as soon as you go to the radio station, don't say fuck. Don't say <laughs> whatever you do, don't say fuck. <laughs> so not only are you stressed about what's the question going to be, what's, and when you go on like JKT, she, yeah. she, just throws in questions. God knows. Oh. She's a great interviewer, but it's... I'm delighted. I know we've come to the end of the podcast, but are you saying that I'm actually allowed to say... The you end? can say whatever you want. I say, say the yeah, F word. Yeah. You can say the <laughs> M word, the L word, the really? B word, the N word. N word is reserved. You, you, you mentioned the N word twice yeah. there. Yeah, That's narcolepsy. Yeah. <laughs> narcolepsy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Narcolepsy has got to be a fantastic condition for any that's, musician. It's got to be quite a good <laughs> band name. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if 
there was a band. There's got to be, yeah. There's got to be one. Maybe listener, if you're out there and you know the band called Mark, you could write in. Maybe listener, if you're out there, you could send Graham a picture of what you look like. Because <laughs> I think he's very much appreciated. He's that. very intrigued at who is listening to this. Yeah. We're not talking to you, Tom. <laughs> yeah, Tom won't be listening to this. He's far too busy. <laughs> send him a nice, sexy picture. <laughs> But so, yeah. So what we done then? I think we're probably done. I think we're pretty much yeah. We're pretty much done. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, well uh, the beers are almost out. And uh, high yeah. five all round. High fives. High, high fives. fives. Cheers. All good. Guernsey gig episode one. Very nice. Cheers. Thank you for inviting me, guys. Ah, thanks that for been lovely. For thanks for coming. I'm gonna go um, home. And cook. Such short notice and. Yeah. You've turned up and made our evening. Yeah, yeah well, you've kept me well oiled. So that's, that's <laughs> I'm going to go and cook some steak. She said steak. Anyway, so back to your favourite album, Greg. <laughs> oh, no God. jacket required by Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that's well, probably where we should end it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in, guys. Catch it's you later. Night. Cheers. Bye.